Welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Kenny Wood. Enjoy. That said, we are in a series this summer that I am really excited about. This is a unique series. Uh, Really, uh, it's unlike anything we've ever done before. We kicked it off last Sunday. Uh, It's called Anchor Passages. And with Anchor Passages, what we're doing is we're, um, we're having different people, pastors, leaders, share a passage of scripture that has shaped their life. We, it's anchored their soul. And, and so it's, it's a scripture that has been very personal for them. It's a, it's a scripture that's been foundational for their life, for their calling, for their sense of identity, for, for their experiencing God in their lives. And it's a series, it's a scripture that's been repetitive in their life. It's one they've gone back to over and over throughout seasons of their life. And so the the beauty of this is as you hear these, as as we share these, I've I've thought of these as like sacred ground, like holy ground, like like when Moses heard God speaking from the burning bush and God said, take off your sandals for the ground you're standing on is holy. This is is burning bush passages because they're passages that God has spoken to people through. And so the the authority that's going to be on these messages this summer is that you're hearing from people who haven't just been preparing a message for a week. These are messages that people have been living for years, decades, a lifetime. And so um, there's, a, there's just a different level. Of, that's just a spiritual dynamic. There's a different level of authority when you're hearing a passage that someone has actually lived. And so I'm really excited about this series. I'd encourage you to, to be present or, or if you're out of town to, um, to, to dial in every week and, and catch these because I think this is going to be a pretty powerful summer for us. So um, today we have the privilege of hearing from uh, from from Kenny Wood. Kenny is one of our pastors. Um, Kenny and Amber Wood, and actually the Wood family, uh, they, they led our children's ministry for a little over three years uh, through some of the most, I would say, the most challenging times of church leadership, at least in our generation. Uh, and they stepped in at, a, at what we didn't know was going to be a chaotic time, uh, but that's where they started. And they did an amazing job. And back uh, shortly after I got back from sabbatical last fall, uh, Kenny shared that, that he was feeling called to end this time in terms of vocational ministry inside the church. And God was calling him to something, something different. The reality is he, God didn't call him away from vocational ministry. It's just that he's doing vocational ministry not inside the church, but outside the church. Actually inside the prison system. Uh, so that's a whole nother level of challenge. Um, but Kenny and Amber and the Wood family, they're still a part of the church. And in fact, they're leading our family camp. I can put up a slide for that real quick. They're leading our family camp this summer. There is still time to sign up for that. It's going to be an amazing time uh, up in, in McCall this summer. And so I encourage you, if you haven't signed up for yet for that, there's a QR code. You can find out about that. But, um, but Kenny and Amber are going to be leading that. And today we get the privilege of hearing one of Kenny's uh, anchor passages. So would you please welcome Kenny Wood. Yes, you can. I've got all this stuff that I have to bring up with me because I had to borrow my wife's computer 
and it only usually works when it's plugged in. So <clears throat> my backup is here, just in case. I just have to shift it out. Got my Bible, I've got my glasses. I was really impressed with the, uh, what do you call it, the marketing, or was it they call the branding uh, of the anchor passage, passages. I realized that um, somehow they'd got, they'd got the uh, old school tattooing. So what I had to do, I had to run out and get my arm completely done in old school tattoos so I would feel part of the gig. But anyway, I'm just joking, but thanks, Mitch. I kind of feel that it was just especially for me. I get to go first, so the black and the red just works fine for me. Thank you very much. All right, so today I've called this title Old well, the talk is definitely called Old Fast. And it'll become apparent as I go through the, the scriptures, but not the scripture, but through the stories that this passage has become so real to my life. And as Trevor said, it's decades in the working. So I will have some personal stories and they're kind of, you know, real shocking stuff, but it's not about the story. It's more about what God did to lead me through that time. So Hebrews 6, 18 to 20 is my passage, and we'll read that first. And I'm using the, uh, the New Living Translation, which I really like, all right, but I'm probably going to read it off my computer, because even though I've got my glass, that's my backup, just in case, all right? So God has given both his promise and his hope. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is strong and trustworthy, anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. God has already gone in, well, Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. I just love this scripture. And for me, this scripture, it's kind of the umbrella scripture for a lot of other scriptures for me. You know, like, you know, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. I will never leave you or forsaken. It's just really because of those two things. God has given his promise and his hope. Oh, and that's where it's at. But anyway, that's the scripture we're going to bounce off. But I want to talk about something. Flying kites. Flying kites, right? How awesome is flying kites, right? Does anybody want to say amen with me? Flying, hey. flying kites is so exhilarating. The most exhilarating experience you could have, especially if you're a child, right? When the kite starts to fly, it's like, it's a sense of pride and a joy, the accomplishment that you get the kite to fly in the air. In fact, when you're flying a kite, joy just washes over you as your eyes watch the object in the air that's just wishing and swooshing in the air. Come on, you've got to admit that flying kites is just amazing. Flying kites makes me so happy. I'm going to read this. Flying cats me so happy. It's a relaxing activity that can help alleviate tension. It helps you shift your focus from the stresses of life. 
Now picture this if you would. You can even close your eyes if you want. You're in the park, the smell of the outdoors. As the children's hands just feels the vibration from, from holding on to the object that is a kite, something that they built themselves and it's just flying in the air. Yay for flying kites. Whoop, whoop, yeah. <laughs> flying kites. Sounds amazing. Can I get another amen? amen? Now, the only problem is this. I've never flown a kite. <laughs> I have never, well, let me re, re, restructure that. I have never successfully flown a kite. It's the truth. But it's not from the lack of want. I have wanted, I have desired deeply to fly kites. I am so jealous when I go down the park and there's someone flying a kite. I'm jealous. I want it. I've tried multiple times, sometimes for hours. When I was brought, in, brought up in, in England, I lived next to a field. And I would go to the top of the field. I would run down with my kite and hopefully it would fly. The moment I stopped, boom, the kite would crash into the floor. I spent hours doing that. I even tried tying it to my bike once. Tied it to the back of my bike, and I'm pedaling. Well, actually, I've done it more than once. But I'm pedaling really, really fast, hoping that the kite would catch the wind, only to stop the bike and turn around to catch the string, and it just comes crashing down. Boom, one more time. Now, you might be thinking, wait a minute, Mr. Wood. What about all those statements you made about flying kites, which is a fair comment, like it's been exhilarating, it relieves stress. What about that pride and joy of accomplishment of vibrations in your hands when you see the kite and you feel the kite flying in the air? Well, I went to a couple of websites. I did, outdoor websites. And the American Kite Flying Association. <laughs> All right? And there's a thing. It really is a thing. It's a thing. There is a website out there called the American Kite Flying Association. So if you're pathetic at flying kites, like me, you can go to a website and you can read everyone's testimony of flying kites. In fact, if you're pathetic at flying kites, don't do it. Don't go to that website because it will ruin your day. <laughs> now, me and my kite flying experience, it goes back to school. And if you're a teacher, I'm sorry, but I do blame my teachers for this. I do. I blame my teachers. You see, they tried to convince me that flying kites... Build your own kite and flying kite is going to be fun. Build a kite. It's going to be really, really fun. For instance, you know like the end of the year, this is my school, end of the year, there's two weeks of school left. They've run out of curriculum. There's nothing left to teach you. So they have a meeting. What shall we do? We've got two weeks left, right? Two weeks. What are we going to do with two weeks? Someone stands up, I know. Let's build kites and let the kids fly kites. So they get a list, and it says dowel, crepe paper, string, and tape. Only in my school, that translates to this. Sticks, newspaper, and wool. It's the truth. So, you know, and we would take a few days building these kites, and just wrap it with newspaper. And then you'd paint it and stuff, and it looked really, really cool. And you'd put those little, the, the tail, and then those little bow tie things on it. And you paint those, 
I think the teachers knew they made a mistake because my kite must have weighed a pound and a half. There was no way that, fly, that kite was going to fly. And the teachers knew that because they put us in the playground. There's maybe like a hundred of us with these kites and we're running around the playground. Yay! And the kite's flapping in the wind. And it never took off. None of them took off. And you, you knew they made a mistake because they started sculling off into the staff room, drinking tea, just looking out the window at us. Anyway, I'm not bitter. <laughs> nor does this story have anything to do about today's talk. I just thought it'd be fun to tell you. It kind of does in a way. But anyway, about kites. You know when you're walking past the park and you see someone flying a kite? It feels like a good day. I'm not even flying the kite, and I think this is a good day. There's kites flying in the park. There's kids just cheering and happy. You look over, and there's a dad there with his kids, and he's flying a kite. And the kids go, yeah, yeah, daddy, that's awesome. Can I have a go? And he goes, of course you can, son. Here you are. Just hold on tight. Hold fast. And the smiles all around. Every eye is, is looking up and seeking the kite. And it's swishing in the wind. It's a happy day. Kids are laughing. And it feels like a good day. I want that. I really, really do. I, I want that. An, an, an easygoing day, a good day. When you're flying kites, it's like, well, it looks like there's no troubles in the world. All you have to do is just look up. And if, you know those two string ones, and you used to do it, and the kite goes to the right. I'm assuming, because I've never done it. But you know, it goes to the left, it goes to the right. <clears throat> but if you let go of those strings, that kite is going to do one of two things. It's going to fly away, or it's going to come crashing down. Boom. Happy day over, right? Because the kite's all broken. And there's also days when it's not a good kite flying day, right? There's days that are just not good for flying kites. And there's places that are not good for flying kites. So I started thinking, what is, a good, what is a bad place to fly a kite? And when is a bad time to do it? So I kind of came up with this analogy. Now, let's suppose you, you, you're rowing a boat and you're on the sea. And all of a sudden, you know, the storm comes up and the waves start crashing around. That would be a bad day to fly a kite, right? Who wants to fly a kite in a storm when you're really so worried about, am I going to die? I'm going to drown. You see, you throw the yoke anchor over the side. You hold onto the rope for your dear life. Oh, no. No, I'm going to get washed out to sea. You can't let go. Can't let go of the anchor rope. Sounds more like a, a scary day, an uncertain day, like one of those, oh, no, I'm going to die type of days. It sounds like that. Last thing on your mind is, oh, I wish I had a kite to fly. <laughs> right. There's going to be no rendition of, let's go fly a kite. You know who's, okay, I'll say, some people laugh because they know what I'm talking about. If you know that song, let's go fly a kite, or you know who Mary Poppins is, you are showing your age. <laughs> the song goes, oh, let's go fly a kite up to the eyesight. Let's go fly a kite and send it soaring up to, you don't know it, do you? To the atmosphere, up where the air is clear. That is the last thing on your mind. 
Who's going to sing that in a storm? No one. You'd be, you'd be like, oh, Lord, help me, please. No. The last thing on your mind. You're more concentrating and holding the anchor. You don't care about flying a kite, especially when you feel like the kite, right? You know, you're holding the anchor and the wind's flapping you all over. I feel like a kite right now. I don't want to fly one. I just want to get home onto, onto the shore. Now, these examples of flying a kite and being in a storm on a boat, they have one thing in common, and it's this. You hold on. You hold fast to both. You hold on to the kite, even though it's an happy day. If the kite is to fly, holding on tightly is required, right? You've got to hold on. You've got to, you can't let go. Holding on to a rope of an anchor in a storm, if you let go, you're going to just drift out to sea. You might even drown. This leads me back to today's scripture. Hebrews 6, 18 to 20. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to, his, to Earth refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek, the anchor beyond the veil. You see, a kite on an happy day and holding a rope on an anchor, they both lend, us, lend themselves to this one thing, navigating the Christian walk navigating the Christian life. On a good day, when things are going good, it's an happy day. But we still need to hold on to Jesus, right? Can't let go, can't forget. It's like flying a kite. And when we face with storms that surround us and we're feeling that we're going to die or we're going to get washed away, we need to hold fast to Jesus. Even more so, we need to fasten our grip, right? We need to hold on a little bit tighter. Have you ever noticed for that sometimes, well, actually more than all times, storms in our life usually come on happy days. Usually the, the thing for the storm is usually it's an happy day. It's a prelude. It seems like that all the time. It's a kite flying day. In fact, it feels like all storms come in the middle of a kite flying day. One minute, you're happy, you're flying a kite. Next thing, waves, storms all around. And all you, all you can do is just tighten your grip. Before long, it feels like you're holding on for your life. Has anyone else been there or is it just me? Yeah, it's, just, it's not just me. Now, I think about Job. Here's a guy... He had everything, but seven sons, three daughters. Was he like seven? And then he had like 500 oxen, of, uh, like uh, yokes of oxen and 500 female donkeys. It was a good day for him, right? Everyone was going good. It was like a kite flying day. Yeah, look at me. God has blessed me. Everything's going right. Then it went from zero to 100 instantaneously and he lost everything 
It was a storm day. It was an holding on for your dear life day. It was a storm that was just unrealistic for his mind to comprehend. But he did it, right? He held on and he got through it. And God blessed him, doubled everything he got back. I have three personal stories. They're like testimonies. Uh, the mine, where, and, they, and they're really about where my substance as a Christian was put to the test. It's where my identity as a man of God depended on me holding on to the anchor beyond the veil. And you might relate to some of them, or you might relate to the, the gist of it. Each story starts with an happy day. Things were good. They were like kite flying days. It was great. They were brilliant. But the weather changed, and I found, found myself in crazy, turbulent stories. The first one, the Bradford City Fire. And it's like this. May the 11th, 1986, I was 18 years old. I'd just become a Christian, rec- Christian recently, and I was at a soccer game. The team, my local team, it was awesome. We had won the league. It doesn't matter if we lost the last game or not. We were going to get promoted. The weather was awesome. It was so warm. It was beautiful. Everyone in the city seemed to turn out to this game. It was brilliant. It was a kite flying day for sure. However, it turned, turned into a stormy day. A fire started underneath the stand. And it kind of just took up the stand. Before the day over, I'd watched 56 people burn to death. Hundreds and hundreds of people taken to, to hospital. I'd only been a Christian a minute. I couldn't even understand what is going on. I couldn't understand why God, my new friend, and the reason I became a Christian because I see God's love and his compassion towards people. I couldn't understand what is happening. Are you, why? I was messed up for a bit. I wasn't the same for a long time. I remember just calling out to God, why? What is happening? And this is what he told me. Hold on, Kenny. Don't let go. Hold fast. I've got you. I'm here for you. Just don't let go. I'm with you. I'm always with you. I'm not going anywhere. Hold on to me. And you know, I never let go. I mean, I tried. I tried so hard. I'm going to let, I am done. I can't. How can a loving God do this? But it was just something about becoming a Christian, giving my heart to me. I just couldn't let go. I didn't want to give up what God had And And I knew all I had to do was just stop listening to the voices in my own head and just firmly fix, tighten my grip. And I knew that I had to flee to Jesus. It was my refuge. Story two. Graham, best friend. And it was, you know, some time after. I travelled to in England for my brother's wedding. And I was going to stay at my friend's house, Graham's house. I actually did. And usually when we get together, we would cause trouble, whatever. When we were like fun, we would just get into all sorts of mischief, all sorts of trouble. We'd have the bear, we'd just go everywhere, travel around, eat everything twice, you know. Just... <laughs> just travel around and and do the craziest stuff. But this time it was different. We talked about Jesus. We talked about Bible studies. We talked about the gospel and ministry. It was just the most amazing week 
I ever had with my friend. It was truly a kite flying day. And we said, should we go somewhere and do something? No, let's just go home and talk about Jesus. It was cool. It was awesome. On the second night of my last uh, night there in England, we were just sat there in his house and we're talking. And when, when he stopped to, to, and he looked up at me, he actually stopped and he just stood up and he just looked at me in the eyes and said, you know what? This is it. I'm telling you, this is it. He had a massive cardiac arrest and he died. And I'm not saying these things to feel sorry because I'm over it and I, try, I know where he's at. It's brilliant the way he's at. He's in heaven, he got a better place. But you know what? It was a kite flying day and all of a sudden this storm comes and it just wrecks my life and I'm going, what is going on? And he died in my hands. Well, I had to help the paramedics do, you know, resuscitation. And then it's just like he just died right there. A kite died, flying day, turned into a storm where I found myself in familiar ground again. And I'm saying, Lord, why? Who am I? What, what is happening? My best friend, Lord, how can I trust you anymore? But the Lord answered with something that I'd heard before, the familiar voice, hold fast, Kenny. Don't let go. I've got you. I'm here for you. Just don't let go. Hold on to me. I'm with you. I will always be with you. I'm not going anywhere. Trust me. And I think the only reason I'm here today is because I held fast to the anchor. Yeah, and I know the anchor's beyond the veil, but I knew I had to take care of my end because it was getting rough. At one point, I'm literally feeling the, the rope just slipping through my fingers. It was my side that was in danger, slipping away, because God's hope and his promise. And there was a danger of that rope just slipping through. And you know, if it wasn't for my experience of holding fast with the Bradford City Fire, then I would never have had the confidence to hold fast of this rope. I couldn't have done it. It was building on it, and I couldn't do it. Story number three, family. This one was not so long ago. Most of you guys actually walked through it with us. It was like, you know, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. And I want to thank you right now for, for holding us up and helping us through. I thank you very much for that. I, I, I'd say without you, I'm not sure that I'd have, I'd, I'd have been in this situation now. I love you guys a lot. It's great to be part of a, a family that would come alongside and it's an honor to do life with you guys, okay? And I want to say that. I wanted to say it for a long time, but I'm saying it now. And it all started with a kite flying day. We were having so much fun. It was great times. We'd just come off of summer, and the summer was great. We'd had family camp was awesome. We'd done white water rafting with families. We'd done white water rafting with guys. And it was just fun. We had a whole church nerf night. We had over 100 kids just charging around the church with nerf guns. It was awesome. It was brilliant. People just found us on the website, on, on Facebook. So I just read it. Having a nerf night, come down, brought a stack of pizzas. And then just like people I've never seen before and I've never seen since, just running through the church, climbing on chairs, 
you should have seen out there that reception area. It was a barricade. There was no chairs left. It was just, a, it was so much fun. We had so much fun. It was great. We just got off the conference. We went to the national conference. It was awesome. It was so good. I remember a time, I'm just looking, and, and it was, the worship was so amazing, so amazing that at one point, the entire, or the majority of the staff team was just kneeling down, faces to the ground. God was doing a work in us. It was brilliant. He wrecked us in a good sense. It was awesome. It was a good Fly, a kite flying day. It was brilliant. Yeah, there was some winds, there was some turbulence every now and again. And, you know, like my car had broken down. My, my wife was sick a little bit. But it really wasn't something that was going to take away the good day, the kite flying day. It was great. But then, sorry if, if I offend you with this, but I mean it in the literal sense, all hell broke loose on my family, literally. And that's in the literal sense. It was crazy. We all got COVID. And my boys got it. My two boys, they got it. They got it like for 10 minutes. 10 minutes, right? <laughs> 10 minutes. They got it and they'd all feel okay now and they were off back doing their own stuff. They were, you know, like me, I got it a little bit worse than them. I got really bad for a little bit, but I got sick. I got sick for a bit, but I got better really well. However, my wife, she has no idea I want to talk about this. I didn't tell her what I was talking about. However, my wife got it, and she went down all so fast. It got so bad. I'd taken her to urgent care. I'd taken her to emergency twice. And the doctor says, yeah, it's just COVID. Go home. I said, no, you don't understand. No, just, it's, it's COVID. Go home. You're fine. Just go home. Anyway, it became apparent that things were not going well and the vital signs were just all over the place, like crazy all over. Anyway, I called my doctor. I said, and she's, she says, look, here's the thing. I've been, a, I've been in urgent care. I've been, a medic, I've been in emergency twice, but they just keep sending her home. She said, well, what, what are her vital signs? And I told her her vital signs. This is what's going on. This is what's going on. And she, and she just suddenly said, she goes, listen to me. Put the phone down right now. Call 911, your wife's crashing. If you don't, you're going to lose her. I went, what? You know, and you do. So they rushed her to the hospital. I didn't know if I'd ever see her again. They put her in ICU. They closed, they clo you know, like the closest we could get, me and the boys, was looking through a window. You know, just looking through a window at her. We didn't know what was going on. The night they took her to hospital, I had some serious words for Jesus. And it was very done, it was done respectfully. Uh, you know, really respectfully. And I can't, Lord, I don't understand. What did we do to upset you? What did I do to deserve this? But those familiar words once again, and this is it. Hold fast, Kenny. Don't let go. Please don't let go. I've got you. I'm here for you. Just don't let go. Hold on to me. I'm with you. I'm always with you. I'm not going anywhere. Trust me. This time... I knew where to go. And I knew what to do. I had to hold on a little bit tighter. I had to fasten my grip a little bit tighter because that rope started slipping from my hands. And I knew I had to tight, hold a little bit tighter. And it's new that, I knew that it was all I could do. I knew that that's how the Lord had carried me through the other storms. 
in my life. And the, yeah, big storms, but there's other storms as well. That, and that's the one. That's the only way he's going to carry me through this one. Then as things started to look better, and it seemed we might uh, get a good day, another kite flying day, great thinking. I think I'll take my kids skiing. All right, sounds like a good thing, right? Let's go skiing. So I'm skiing, and I broke my shoulder, uh, and I had to have reconstructive surgery on my shoulder. Well, let me rephrase that. My son broke my shoulder. <laughs> I guess his thumb was more important than mine. I just got in his way, so he just pushed me over, all right? Broke my shoulder. I had to sleep in a... Actually, when it's all said, I, I, I worked out how many days I slept on the reclining chair. I had 26 weeks on the client declining chair. Not just on my shoulder, but all the other stuff. 26 weeks on a reclining chair, I had, to, I had to sleep. And my shoulder was the worst one. It was like, you know, because I'd have surgery and everything. It was just horrible. And before I could say anything, I was just about to, Jesus, <clears throat> I hear this. Kenny, don't let go. I've got you. I'm here for you. Just don't let go. Hold on to me. I'm with you. I'm always with you. I'm not going anywhere. Trust me. And I knew that this is all I could do, right? Couldn't even do anything else but trust the Lord. There's some thoughts and questions, but the time, this time I went out of despair. And it was like I wasn't despairing, but all I could think about is when I broke my shoulder and I'm driving down, it's like my wife's trying to get all the neighbours and the friends to go rescue me. I'm saying, I'll let my son drive. He's got a permit. I said, no, don't do it. Drive, driving down from Borges, it's all icy and stuff. So she said, well, she's phoned some of our friends up and they were going to go get it back. You know, I was sneaky. I thought, well, I'll just get in the car, pretend I don't get the, don't get the message, and I'll drive down. So I'm driving down, my shoulder's all like down here somewhere. And all I could think about, and I'm going, Jesus, what about my wife? Um, how is she going to look after me? She's, she's just recovering from COVID. And he says, all fast. Then just as we started to, to come to terms with that, something else happened where I found myself, I had to fasten my grip even tighter. Crazy. My beautiful, sweet son, Josiah, he's just the most tender-eyed person in the world. I mean, this kid is so sweet. Everywhere we go, people just make comments of how respectful and kind and thoughtful he is. Well, he started complaining about pains in his stomach and and we, looked, we took him to the doctors, and the doctor said, oh, it's constipation. All right, sounds good to me. It's like That would explain that. Only it didn't get any better. And we kept asking him, Josiah, what's your pain level? And he's going, two, two. And that's the truth. He's going, two. I'm going, okay. And he's walking bent over. Now, after weeks of this, it became apparent something else was going wrong. And it wasn't until we started noticing him to go, we started going this greenish pale, and I could see it. I thought, man. There's something not right. So we took him to emergency, and the emergency doctor, who probably saved his life, knew that was someone really serious. So and the doctor was really cool. He just chased it down until he found it, and he, really, and he found that his appendix had burst. And it had been uh, leaking, and, and pus had caused his abscesses in his stomach, and it was also apparent that it had been like that for weeks, you know. So, you know, it was just a thing. And then... You know, so he goes and, and they drain. It took like over a week to drain all the abscesses, but it, it was too pussy to, to do any surgery. So, look, 
go home, recover, and then here's a date, come back, we'll do surgery. Well, we never really got to that date because we actually gone up to Coeur Lane for a vacation. We're actually more of a retreat. Like, oh, guys, give us a rest, Lord, please, you know? And <clears throat> so we're just resting. And all of a sudden, my son says, you know, it's happening all over again. I, I've got this, this pain in my stomach. So we rushed down from Coeur Lane literally straight into surgery, you know? I was thinking, Lord, Lord, I don't know what to do. I need to, I need to hold fast. I need not to let go. Lord, you've got it. I knew the drill, hold fast to the anchor, the anchor that is beyond the veil, secured, and here's the best part about it, it's secured in the inner sanctuary. It's not going anywhere, guys. It's not going anywhere at all. It's going to be there forever. And honestly, we had no choice but to lean onto Jesus and to put our trust in Jesus. You see, we had to, and we knew that we had to hold on. We had to fasten our grip. Our lives depended on it. Like our lives depended on it. Because literally they did, you know, at some point of it all. Thing is, I was too scared to let go. There's no way I could not hold on to that rope at this point. It got me through all this other stuff. I think I've been a Christian. I became 18. So I've been a Christian for over 30 years. And he's got me this far, right? I'm still standing. And I can't, I was so scared. Lord, I, I know I'm not going to let on of this rope. I'm going to, and I'm, and I did have some words for Jesus. It was this, Lord, is there any way I can take it for my son, you know? Because you watch your kid go through that, it's awful, awful. It's horrible, horrible time. But he just says, hold fast and trust me. Listen, always the anchor is going to be secured beyond the veil. It's a permanent thing. It's not going to move. It's eternal and it's going nowhere. God has given both his oath and his promise. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can take great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our soul. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there before us. Listen, and this is the most important thing I'm going to say to you guys today. It is this end, this end that requires the most attention. A lot of people have commented how well we, we handle the situation and, and how it administered to them. And there were times I really, I nearly fell into despair, but honestly, it was Christ that had anchored my refuge. And he anchored it in the very presence of God in the, in the sanctuary where no one could move it. My encouragement to you is this. If you are in fear of troubled storms, if you fear that things might go wrong, or if you are in a storm, maybe right now, I don't know, and you feel like throwing your hands up and letting go, listen, my prayer is this just to hold fast. Don't let go. Fasten your grip a little tighter. 
You might have already let go of that rope like I've wanted to do through a few of those situations, but I encourage you to pick it back up and tighten your grip just to hold fast. My prayer is to, that you hold faster the everlasting promise, the everlasting covenant that you have a secured anchor fixed within the veil which will never give way. But listen again. Make sure that you take care of the rope securely on your boat, on your side, because it's this end that needs the most care to be given. So my prayer for you is that you hold fast. And here's another thing that I was thinking about through all this. Hold fast, even if it's an happy day, if it's a kite flying day, hold fast. Don't let go. But hold fast on a stormy day. Tighten your grip. Hold fast. And, and here's another thing. Even if it's a good day or a bad day, hold fast like your life depends on it. Just don't let go. You know, I'm going to use that a lot now. I've decided that this is going to be a new phrase. Last time I spoke, well, not last time, two years ago I spoke up and I made a new word called lastest. I'm making up a new phrase. Lastest means the last of the last if you weren't around. But anyway, if someone asked me, hey, Kenny, how are you doing? You might just get, it's a kite flying day. Or you might get, I'm fastening my grip. If I'm fastening my grip, then I'm holding fast. Either, I'm holding fast either way, but if I'm, if I'm tightening my grip, then it's not, it's not a kite flying there, right? So I want to use that from now on. But either way, one thing for sure is I'm going to be holding fast. Holding fast, okay? So let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that you have gone in to the inner sanctuary before us, Lord, and you have secured that anchor for us to hold fast to, Lord. Thank you that in troubled times, in crazy times, Lord, we can hold on to that anchor, the rope of that anchor, Lord. It's going nowhere, Lord. But give us the strength, Lord. Give us the strength to hold fast, to tighten our grip, to not let go. Lord, I don't know where anyone is in this room, but I just pray that if they're going through troubled times, if they're going through times that are turbulent right now, Lord, Lord, I just pray that we just fasten their grip. Help them, Jesus. Give them the strength. If they've let go, Lord, and their hands are in the air, Help them to pick up that rope and fasten that grip, Lord, even tighter to hold fast. Lord, even if they're in a good day today and it's a kite flying day, I just pray that you help them to fasten their grip and hold fast to you, Jesus. You're such an awesome God. You love us, Lord, and you didn't leave us here at all to figure it out by ourselves. You gave us all the right answers, Lord. You made all the right moves. Help us, Lord Jesus, to hold fast to you. In your precious and your glorious name. Okay, guys, so listen. The 
The prayer team will be up here. And I, as I said, I don't, I don't know where you guys are. And, I, and I'm sure that some of you are going through some difficult times. And you felt like, I'm letting go. I'm not doing this anymore. Don't, don't. Please don't. Hold fast. If you need prayer today, people will be up here to pray for you, okay? People are going to be here because they want to pray for you. This is a good family, guys. I can testify it. When I felt like letting go, I had a brother and a sister right behind me just helping me all fast again. Let the prayer team minister to you. Let the prayer team pray for you. Okay, so please don't just sit there. If you've got, if you're going through times, come up. They're here. They've given their time because they love you so much that they want to pray for you. And we did have some words of prayer. And God wants to transform your life. Step into the freedom God has for you. God is giving you a new heart. Life is going to be okay. God is in the storm. There you go. Maybe the Holy Spirit's doing a thing today because they all relate to this. If that, these words are for you guys, also the prayer team wants to pray for you as well. Okay, so God bless you. If the prayer team could come up and then you guys can come up and get prayer. All right, God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.